A lot of times organizations, they hear rumbling from the business, from people throughout the organization about their systems, their ERP systems, their enterprise applications, and they're unsure are our systems performing for us? A lot of times, a lot of that negativity can lead into the conversation saying, we need to, we need to get a new ERP system in here. This is the ERP Organizational Change Journal podcast, brought to you by Nestle & Associates, a Newport Beach, California-based ERP organizational change management firm serving the private equity industry. The ERP OCJ seeks to share expertise, insight, experience, and research, and to create effective conversation to help guide ERP organizational change to real, measurable, and verified success. And now, here's your ERP expert and host, the founder of Nestle & Associates, Dr. Jack Nestle. Hey, Jack here. In this episode, we will discuss building an ERP strategy and roadmap with Lisa Highfield. The title of this episode is based on a webinar provided by Lisa and her colleague, Hong Kwok. Lisa is a research director at Infotech Research Group. Lisa's experience spans over 24 years in IT systems administration, IT consulting, and operations management. Lisa has extensive experience in multiple industries, including automotive, higher education, manufacturing, and financial services. She has led organizations through transformation initiatives and has supported and implemented numerous enterprise applications. Joining us from London, Ontario, Canada, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jack. It's great to be here. And we are thrilled to have you, Lisa, and we're looking forward to sharing some of your insight today. Before we get started, can you further introduce yourself to our listeners? For sure, I'd be happy to. Um, Jack, I've got a diverse background, both from the IT and this business perspective. You gave a great intro in terms of an overall overview, but just to give you a little bit more detail, you know, I started out my career back in 1998, back in the old green screen AS400 days uh, as a Microsoft Network and Systems Administrator. And I worked in many years in IT, implementing and supporting numerous ERP and other enterprise applications. I've also had the fortune and the great experience of running my own business. And over time, I moved into operations management. Um, and in that role, really took on uh, IT, HR, and finance aspects for a lot of the organizations that I work for. I've worked with many ERP and enterprise application systems, including Microsoft, Infor, Salesforce, and Sage. And throughout my career, I've really grown and embraced in taking a broader business view of our IT systems. And that's really what led me to my current role at Infotech, wanting to help our members connect the technology that they are using every day to supporting their business goals. That's great. Thank you, Lisa. I, and I'm really excited to share some of your experience with our listeners today. So as I'd mentioned, I, I would love to focus on the webinar that you and your colleague had titled Building an ERP Strategy and Roadmap. And so my first question would be, Lisa, um, you talk about this in your webinar, and you and Hong even discussed the idea of using a glossary. But how would you define ERP? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think in the technical terms, ERP, enterprise resource planning, can really be applied to any application that supports the business. This includes both service and manufacturing processes and can include any supporting function, including supply chain, finance, human resources, and even customer management. 
Yeah. And so another thing I want to share that's on the Infotech website, Lisa, is uh, quote, organizations often do not have an ERP strategy and roadmap in place. The focus is often on selection and implementation phases of ERP, but without a foundation and strategy in place, ERP projects are routinely reported as going over budget. And in many cases, or rather in most cases, they fail. The success of an ERP project is completely dependent on establishing and maintaining a strategic and actionable roadmap. What exactly is a roadmap and what makes it a good one? Yeah, absolutely. So a roadmap is really, from my perspective, how we're going to execute on strategy. And, you know, the reason that quote has kind of made us famous or we've been asked a lot about it is I get calls all the time from member organizations that are saying, you know, we're not really sure about our ERP application portfolio. We want to go out and look at market. And it's really very important for us to back them up and say, you know, what is your current state and do some analysis around it, which comes into the strategy. So from my perspective, roadmap really comes after strategy. Roadmap is uh, how we're going to execute. And again, it's going to ebb and flow, become more granular, become more clear as you work over the course of a project. A lot of times if we're at the strategy stage, a roadmap can be very high level. It can be what are our next steps. Um, It could even be current state analysis. Uh, But really for me, roadmap is executing. It's defining some timelines. It's defining some action items and how we're going to execute. So Lisa, for our listeners, how does a strategy differ from a roadmap exactly? In which ways? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that that will help clarify a lot of that answer. So for me, um, an ERP strategy is more encompassing than just the roadmap. So it's about aligning the organization. It's about aligning uh, people within the organization, data, process, and technology. It's bringing a really well-rounded group together in terms of looking at organizational goals talking to those stakeholders about what tools they need to help support and drive the business forward. It's having some good cohesive conversations around what success looks like and a vision about what that supporting technology can do for us. So again, strategy and roadmaps will change over time. But really, from my perspective, a strategy is what we're trying to do, why we're doing it, and a roadmap is how we're going to execute on it. Yeah. And Lisa, to your point, the ERP strategy then needs to consider organizational goals, business needs and requirements, environmental factors, technology drivers, and internal and and external, for that matter, barriers and enablers. But what are some of the items that organizations can do tactically to make sure that the ERP strategy is aligned with the corporate strategy? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, again, building a good ERP strategy team that consists of stakeholders across the business and leading some really good activities and exercises with that group. Um, One of the things that I found is at a very high level, most of us know what our organizations are about and what some of our strategic objectives are. But a lot of times we get caught up in our everyday roles. So if, you know, we're talking to finance or HR or any of those operational teams, we're very good at what we do on a day-to-day basis. But, you know, in terms of executing against that strategy, that's really where we need to keep that North Star, that eye on the prize. What are we trying to achieve as as an organization? And I think that's where um, you mentioned 
a lot of those factors where we need to have that cross collaborative conversation to say, hey, as an organization, we want to, for example, grow within XYZ market over the next three years. Um, you know, finance, what do you need to be able to do to help us achieve that? HR, how are we going to support that? From a technology perspective, what's important to us from an IT strategy point of view? And how can we layer this all together around our ERP initiatives and make sure that we are very cognizant of competing priorities within the organization, uh, resources that we might need? How can we basically get out of our own way to make this happen strategically? And you know, what does success look like as we move forward around that? So if I may summarize the last couple of questions, Lisa, the roadmap is really that next step to tactically executing to your strategy. And so a full roadmap also needs to consider all aspects, of course, of the ERP endeavor to include the strategy, a selection, perhaps implementation, and, and certainly optimization. So the intent of a strategy is to actually, as you say in your website, lay the strategic foundation that aligns organizational goals, business needs, and technology drivers. So in other words, the strategy lays the foundation for all other aspects of the change. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, I would think that's a very fair statement, Jack. And you mentioned too in the webinar, Lisa, that, and I'm going to share a quote here again, that quote, statistical analysis of ERP projects indicates rates of failure vary from 50 to 70%, end quote. So therefore, uh, Lisa, part of a good strategy means, again, defining, aligning, and communicating what success is. And you even mentioned in your last response that uh, aligning on that idea of success is pretty critical. So suppose you are leading a kickoff meeting for an organization that's just starting an ERP implementation. How would you generally define and describe for them success in terms of ERP organizational change? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that quote... Um, well, at the same time, I resonate with it because I've been through a number of different ERP implementations. It also aggravates me a little bit in terms of the failure rates around ERP implementations. I think one of the things that I have found over the last three to five years in my research is that those statistics are getting better. And I don't necessarily think that they're getting better because we're doing things better or the technology is getting better. I think that it is that we are actually starting to think about what success is. And I think, too, success changes over the course of an ERP project. You know, as we're beginning an ERP project, some of our first goals might be to get executive stakeholder buy-in, to get resourcing, to get team members on board during the project. Um, and as we work through an ERP implementation, we all know what big projects they are. You know, it might be, you might be right in the middle of an ERP implementation and success might look like your team you know, while very um, tired and exhausted, isn't burnt out and leaving the organization. And that at the end of the day, um, as you start to go live, that you're able to continue business operations and put in place a continuous optimization effort to increase the return on investment over time of that ERP application. So to sum that up, really what I'm trying to say there is, I don't think necessarily that ERP system implementations are as dire as some of the statistics suggest. I think that we really need to, as organizations, define what success looks like 
for us over different phases of a project, no matter what it might be we're taking on. And, you know, again, think about this holistically, as you mentioned, the entire application lifecycle, right from beginning current state analysis to post go live operations support and, and optimization. Yeah, great insight, Lisa. Thank you for that. You know, and I think to your point, one of the things we've seen through years of, of formal research is often organizations don't define success. And so the problem with that becomes, how do you know if you're successful if you don't clearly define or agree upon that definition of success? And when you have various stakeholder groups and they all think of success in different ways, well, you're, you're never going to be successful, right? According to definition and people's perceptions. And so I think that idea is really spending some time on the front end of the project and defining success and what it really means throughout all the phases of the project is critical. And I couldn't agree more. We, we've done some articles and, and posts on this idea of how the perception and definition of success can change throughout the life cycle of the project, because that is a reality. Great insight. Lisa, you also mentioned uh, on the website... Um, Actually, you mentioned this in your your webinar, rather, I apologize, but you mentioned that companies that apply the principles of behavior economics outperform their peers by 85% in sales and more than 25% in gross margin. So what do you mean by behavior economics and how is this relevant to ERP strategy? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. You know, behavioral economics really combines elements of economics and psychology to understand how and why people behave the way they do in the real world. There are many applications of this concept around the topic of ERP. And uh, maybe one example I can give you um, if we look at ERP selection as an example. So at the early stages of an ERP project, even if you have a great team together, we have to understand, you know, even how software vendors use behavioral economics to their advantage. Uh, developing rapport and relationship with organizations during the sales process increases the chance of making the sale. This is one reason why we really suggest going into ERP selection with a clear game plan. Um, knowing your requirements, having a demo script that you share with the vendor to quantitatively evaluate the software and also the service aspects surrounding the ERP project. But we can't discount emotions. This is a relationship that you'll be entering into. You have to quantitatively understand that this will be the best product for your organization and also that that team will support you moving forward from a vendor perspective. You need to understand that you're going to have emotions with that sale team. You're going to have a connection, maybe some stronger than others. Um, I've been through a number of different projects where teams are really torn between we really resonate with this sales team, but from a quantitative perspective, when we're evaluating the products, we know that that's maybe not the direction we should be going in. So again, if we understand how our psychology plays into making decisions, and we're aware of that as we move into different stages of the project, such as selection, which I just gave you an example of, we can really better understand how we can make decisions and organize our teams and the tools that we use during our ERP strategy to help with that. Yeah, 
Great insight. It, after all, at the end of the day, it's a people business and the technology is designed to make people's life more effective and efficient. So great answer. Uh, I, I really appreciate that, Lisa. I am going to quote you again from something you said on your webinar, because I believe it's so true and very relevant when creating an ERP strategy. But you said, Lisa, quote, the health of a system isn't always monitored. You stated in your Infotech webinar. And I love it. I love it, Lisa. I think that's so true. But why is this idea important to an ERP strategy? Yeah, absolutely. This really centers around the optimization aspect of the ERP strategy. Far too many organizations have applications that they've taken a set it and forget it mentality. These applications take a lot to, to get up and running and they're expensive and can have a huge impact on bottom line. Our ongoing optimization research and material really comes into play to really start to investigate return on investment and that operational optimization aspect. If you're spending thousands and often hundreds of thousands of dollars on a piece of equipment, which you know is very much probably an understatement of some of our ERP programs, um, on that machine, you'd be performing preventative maintenance. So why aren't we doing that with our ERP systems? And our research really shows that, you know, there's five main areas that we can have a look at on a continuous basis, almost like a preventative maintenance plan for our enterprise applications. And these center around user satisfaction. You know, it could be different departments. It could be different functions of the ERP system. It centers around processes and workflows. You know, are we updating the system and the configuration to optimize and uh, create efficiencies and change over time, just along with our organizations? Our data, and that can include access to the data, the use of the data, being able to make data-driven decisions and drive business outcomes. Um, so those are three. I'm going to mention two more. The other two are integrations. You know, is our system well integrated across our application portfolio? Is data flowing in and out of other systems? Um, is there opportunity for consolidation? And finally, vendor management. We really take a proactive vendor management approach. Are you nourishing your relationship with your software vendors? Are you aware of what's coming down the roadmap in their technology are you, you know, well connected so that if you're having a problem or issues on the customer service end that you have a, you know, somebody that you can pick up the phone and talk to, to help escalate matters for you. So really, again, just like we would any piece of large equipment that we use in our organizations, we really need to take the same attention to our ERP systems as well. Absolutely. I always joke with people, it's a, it's a living, breathing thing. And so it deserves attention and, and you got to have uh, health checks. And I've mentioned this before that you can take an ERP expert and parachute them into any business. You can analyze and evaluate the business flow, just the data of their ERP and often come back and present opportunities within the business, right? Because if there's bottlenecks and gaps in, in areas that maybe are, are not being properly utilized, you know, you can identify that within their ERP system and, and that often translates to operational opportunities, I would say. So I think that idea of monitoring the health of the system throughout the entire life cycle of an implementation project is a very valuable uh, idea. Lisa, as you know, and uh, you have to be very clear at the onset and through the entire implementation life cycle as to why are we doing this? And this is another idea you talk about in your webinar. 
and making sure that the organization really understands and is aligned on this idea of, well, why are we doing this to begin with? Why are we going through this misery uh, and this pain? And then you also talk about in your webinar how each stage of the project will be difficult and it presents its own unique challenges and failure points. So then you discuss this idea of reevaluating. If you lose sight of the why at any stage in the project, you need to take a step back and reevaluate. Can you further explain that idea for our listeners uh, as to what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about this a little bit already in terms of you know defining our success. Really, at the heart of that, the why is what defines our success. I think. ERP projects are big, especially ERP implementations, and they're going to ebb and flow over time. Uh, I think what we have to remember is this is an organic situation. We have an organization that's changing. Oftentimes, these projects span multiple years. So our organizations are changing. Our goals are changing. Sometimes even our makeup is changing. If we're going through any mergers or acquisitions or dispositions, our team's changing as well. So I think, you know, again, setting that strategy at the beginning of the project is very important, but also going back and, and touching on that, realigning it, resetting, making sure that we have, again, charted that course for success is really important through different stages of the project. So if you're struggling, I think it's often a good time to just, you know, let's take a step back. Let's go to a higher level and let's look at some of our initial ERP strategy and make sure, does it still make sense for us or do we need to adjust course a little bit? And I think it's a key idea, this iterative process of reevaluation and just in making sure that you can always answer the question why and making sure everybody is engaged and understands what the answer is to that why question is a very important idea. So Lisa, I'm going to fire off, I, I guess, really a three-part question for you here next, because I'd like you to share with our listeners this idea of a capability map. So what about process and technology maturity in an ERP strategy? So in developing an ERP strategy, what role does understanding current pain points play in terms of process and technology? And can you share with our listeners what a business capability map is and what its relevance is to building an ERP strategy and an ERP implementation? That was a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Absolutely. Yeah. No worries. No worries. I think really um, at the heart of, um, of those questions or that question is how do we connect what we do as a business to our underlying technology? And it's a complicated situation. It's not often one for one. Um, it's oftentimes a matrix layered of intertangled applications and business units and functions and processes. So this is where I think it's really helpful to think about this logistically. And a business capability map is what can really help us do that. Oftentimes through value streaming your processes and your organizational activities, uh, we can help elicit some of that information. Um, so I'll give you an example. In our organizations, we have a lot of processes that, uh, for example, maybe allow us to deliver goods and services to our customer. As part of those processes, we have capabilities and processes that support us. Finance, for example. A level zero or a level one process can be broken down even further into, let's say, accounts payable, accounts receivable, budgeting, forecasting. If we engage our business stakeholders, um, so those people that are doing those functions on a day-to-day -day basis, discuss those processes, 
understand the underlying technology that they're currently using and those processes that they're currently executing, we can really gain great insight into both the efficiency and effectiveness of both our processes and our systems. Having those conversations around, tell me how you do this, and then even red, yellow, greening it. Um, So for example, is it efficient? Is it repeatable? Is it auditable? Is it trainable? Or is it prone to error, ad hoc? Maybe it sits in Mary's head in accounts payable and nobody else really knows how she does it. You know, red, yellow, green, how good is our process? Um, We can quickly see where efficiencies and improvements can be made. At the same time, if we look at the technology, we may have an ERP system that's supporting finance, for example. I'll use the same example. We may also have additional systems such as scanning software and document management Um, Are they working? Are they fit for use? Is everything automated within the system? Or are we still printing and scanning and moving it from a SharePoint file to the ERP system? Is that there one application that isn't working well? Or are, you know, they all maybe not fit for use? So this is where we really start to glean current state process and technology maturity. And what that does is that starts to really elicit for us, maybe where are there gaps in our current technology portfolio? You know, how much improvement do we maybe need to make around our current processes to that future system state? It helps us understand how much we have to move the dial. So really what, you know, we're trying to elicit here is what's our baseline? What's our baseline around process? What's our baseline around technology? And then how can we make decisions as we move forward based on that knowledge? Uh, Where can we really look for additional opportunities, maybe in some future technology to support us better in these areas? You know, we might also discover there's some consolidation or some gaps in technology that maybe we're not supported. So it really helps us start to understand how to make decisions. And also, I'm going to go a step further, even kind of beyond your question is, Mm -hmm. where do we need to prioritize? You know, what are the key processes and capabilities that are really supporting our organizational goals? And maybe that's where we need to focus on, or how can we find the high value, low effort wins in maybe a, you know, a short-term strategy as we move forward with a longer ERP strategy, which might be replacement of our system, but we know that's not going to happen for three or four years. Well, Lisa, thank you for that. That whole idea of in that process of business capability mapping, I think perhaps is often an idea that doesn't get enough attention or enough emphasis on a lot of projects, um, but it's such an invaluable process and idea. So Lisa, um, we know that all projects have or should have, and to some extent or another, a project champion, project advisor, and again, it, of course, it depends on the context of the company and the extent of ERP implementation, but a project advisor, steering committee, project manager, of course, a project team, and then subject matter experts, right? Internal and external, and a change management specialist, I would say, at minimum for most projects. How do you find a balance in terms of size of teams and who include? And you'd mentioned in one of your previous responses, you know, we talked a little bit about the idea of stakeholder alignment, but how do you identify which stakeholders or stakeholder groups to include and what their role of involvement should be during uh, requirements gathering uh, specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, as you alluded to, there's no one size fits all answer. I think you really have to look at it within the context of the organization 
And if you're asking me about specifically during requirements gathering, I'm going to assume you have a strategy in place already in terms of where you're going as an organization. Um, I'll give you an example. I was working with a group just this week who are looking at, um, they have SAP ECC. They're likely going to upgrade to SAP S4 HANA. They're a global manufacturing organization with over 15 different facilities on different versions of SAP, and they're starting to pull this project together. Well, you know, let me tell you, they've got to have their strategy defined first in terms of are we going to align our processes and our implementations of our future system state, or are we going to do this on a per location basis going forward? You know, once you have those questions answered, you need deep enough subject matter expertise to know what you need from a functional perspective. Just to give you an example, the CFO of an organization likely isn't going to know the detailed requirements you're going to need around finance. You're going to have to talk to some deeper some deeper subject matter experts to really understand what do we do as an organization? Maybe where do we differ? as an organization, where are our processes different than perhaps standard operating procedure? And what is our strategy in terms of alignment across the organization? Are we going to have to, you know, get everybody up on board on the same requirements? Or are we, are we going to have to include 15 different locations in those conversations? So I know that isn't really a black and white answer, but I think at different stages of the project, you're going to have to go deeper and come up to higher levels as you go through that. Requirements gathering is one of those places I think you're going to have to go deep. But then when you, you know, you're looking at the products going through evaluation, you might come up a level or two. And definitely when you start to make decisions around that, you're going to have to have key stakeholders who have that decision-making authority to be involved. And they're tough decisions a lot of days. A lot of times there's competing priorities and you're going to have to make the tough decisions on what's best for the overall organization. Well, thank you for that, Lisa. What would you say about risk and contingency plans and what role would they play in an ERP strategy and roadmap overall? From my perspective, they're huge. I think you need to be constantly reevaluating risk. And when I say that too, I'm not just talking about risk and contingency plans from an operational perspective. I'm really talking about it from an ERP project management perspective. And we even suggest starting with it uh, with a lot of our strategy work as well, starting right out from the beginning in terms of what are the risks as we implement an ERP system or as we start to talk about you know, going through an ERP implementation. That can be everything from resourcing to competing priorities to changing operational goals during the course of the project. And I think you need to keep doing that, you know, over the course of project and reevaluating it. You'll get more granular as you go as well. Um, but I think they're really, really important. Lisa, you mentioned a good point in your webinar about choosing the right state for the organization, meaning to get from the current to the future state may involve maintaining the current systems, augment the current system, optimize or transform your current systems. And I thought that was a good point. But I believe that this is the number one first conversation in any ERP strategy conversation. We, we've seen it many times where we were asked to do a due diligence in terms of an organization's ERP utilization. And we've actually went back and made recommendations. You, you don't need a new ERP. You just need to focus on some other areas. But can you share with our listeners what you mean by this and maybe share some of the insights that you shared on your webinar as it pertains to 
deciding your future state and whether you should augment or implement a new system or optimize. Uh, can you just walk us through that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I have experiences very similar to that example that you just gave. I was actually working with an organization today around their HR technology. And again, it's one of those things that really talks to that optimization piece too. A lot of times organizations, they hear rumblings from the business, from people throughout the organization about their systems, their ERP systems, their enterprise applications. And they're, you know, unsure, are our systems performing for us? A lot of times, a lot of that negativity can lead into the conversation saying, we need to, we need to get a new ERP system in here. And really what we're proposing, very similar to what you mentioned, is, well, let's come in and do a current state analysis. Let's, let's really understand what our organizational goals are, talk to different stakeholders across the business around our processes and technology, and let's do, uh, you know, let's do a current state assessment. Let's understand if there's gaps in our technology that really comes into augmenting your current system optimizing. Again, there's five main areas we can optimize in. It could be user satisfaction in different departments, which could mean training. It could mean maybe reconfiguration of the system. We could look at process or workflow improvements, the use of data, vendor optimization, for example, um, or transforming. That was the last one that you mentioned as well in terms of a, a different future state where we may realize after doing a current state assessment that really there is nothing good here in terms of both how we're operating and the systems that we're using. We need to rethink this. We need to go back to the drawing board here and really look at how our technology maybe can support us in the future. In a lot of times, I've seen it too, where the technology leads the way. You know, we've gotten stuck in doing things a little bit backwards just because of the way things have unfolded or, you know, legacy pieces of uh, process that have come with our organization. So there's an opportunity to tra transform. So I'm just going to reiterate that because I think, again, there were probably five different options as we start looking at our ERP systems, maintaining the current systems. And that's really where, you know, we go through an analysis and we say, you know, the system's not that bad. We might have a few areas where we can improve, but the underlying technology stack isn't not supporting you. Uh, maybe you need to look at integration. Second one being augmenting. That might be where you have gaps in your technology. Third one being optimize. There's big improvements you could make if you spend some time and resources on improving the system that you have transforming, maybe reinventing the wheel a little bit. Let's go back to the drawing board and look at some of our different systems and how we can move forward. And that goes hand in hand with replacing. You know, we've got to we've got to move ahead and replace some of our key systems. Uh, so again, until you really understand how far do we need to move the dial, uh, you, you can't make any decisions. And that's why it's really important as part of an ERP strategy. And furthermore, as well, you know, part of that conversation I mentioned SAP as an example, there might be other factors as well. We might be reaching end of life with some of our, our products. We also might be coming up to key contract renewals where we want to make these decisions. I've also seen overlying, you know, return on investment, um, making the business case aspects come into that as well. 
So hopefully that was a really long answer to your question, no, but I'm that hoping that helped outline it a little bit. No, that was great, Lisa. Thank you for that. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a fun conversation and, and I really appreciate uh, you sharing your, your experience. But I'd like to ask you two more questions before I let you leave today. So when you go through some of this process that you've discussed with us today and you talk about and you determine ERP strategy and you, you put together this roadmap and this process, are there ever any conflicts or is it more typical that it's kumbaya process and it's pretty easy? What, what does that normally look like? Yeah, so I would say there's always conflicts. You know, I really work with a lot of organizations and I would say it really varies across organizations, but I would say I probably haven't worked with one organization where there's been zero conflicts. Um, I think it's a really good exercise to go through. You know, there can oftentimes be elephants in the room that come, come out through these conversations, but I think they're tough conversations, but they're good conversations to be had. Um, And if you don't go through that, you are setting yourself up for failure. I think that, um, number one, conflicts aren't necessarily bad. If handled properly and managed properly, they can be extremely productive and healthy for an organization. But I would say if anyone's answer to that was that there's never any conflicts, uh, or, or if you're in an organization, you don't have any conflicts at all, then, then that's where I probably get a little bit more concerned. You know, it's just very inherent in the process. We're all humans, like we were talking about earlier. We all have different opinions and emotions and thoughts and ideas and expectations. And so along with that comes different ideas and conflict. But it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing. Lisa, lastly, if you were going to give one nugget of advice, just a little golden nugget to our listeners or to an organization preparing for an ERP implementation, what golden little nugget would Lisa like to leave with our listeners in terms of uh, maybe making the whole process a little more effective and efficient? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we've talked about a lot today. I think the biggest takeaways are go into this with a really good cross-collaborative team. Don't look at this as an IT project. Look at this as a business project with stakeholders from across the business and IT being involved. Start with strategy and work together as a team. These are big projects and, you know, set yourselves up for success. There's a lot of, you know, additional research around critical success factors for ERP implementations. Know what those are, strive to achieve them, and look at how you can layer that over every stage of the project. Great advice. Lisa, thank you for your time today. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for your dedication to our trade. Can you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely, Jack. So I can be found at Infotech Research Group. Our website is infotech.com. I believe there's an analyst bios page on our website as well. So if you're looking at at contacting me, feel free to do that. I can also be reached at lhighfield at infotech.com on my email. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. So feel free to look me up. Awesome. Super. And we'll obviously include that information in our show notes as well. Lisa, thank you again. Be well. Uh, Keep in touch and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Jack. You as well. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the ERP OCJ podcast. This podcast is intended as a forum to study, share, and discuss ERP organizational change successes and challenges. We discuss the people, process, and technological components of ERP organizational change by drawing on knowledge from extensive research, collaborative learning, and practitioner expertise and experience. 
We are incredibly grateful to have friends, colleagues, and mentors join us in our podcast as we seek to promote, connect, and foster relationships in the ERP organizational change community and contribute to its success by bringing research and practice closer together. We want to make sure this is the most useful and insightful ERP podcast you listen to, and we'd love your help in doing so by leaving us feedback and a review. A great place to do so is at Apple Podcasts. Just click on the Listen in Apple Podcasts link, then click Ratings and Reviews, and let us know your thoughts. You can get more info about the show, including show notes and episode highlights for this and all of our episodes by visiting nestleandassociates.com and clicking the podcast option. Please join us again next week as we discuss the latest ERP organizational change research, practice, and stories. And don't forget to follow us on social media, hashtag the ERPOCJ. Thanks again for listening. Have a fantastic week.